friends. You're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Welcome back to another episode. I am super excited to have you back here again for this week, and I really appreciate you tuning in. Today, we are going to dive into several of the different kinds of customers that you find on the Etsy platform. I wrote a blog post about this a couple years ago, and so this is sort of the updated and expanded version of that blog post, but I wanted to kind of dive into these different customers, especially as we approach the holiday season where they tend to come out in full force so that you can be prepared going into it and kind of recognize these patterns of behavior that people have as they're shopping online and kind of just shopping in general, but especially when they feel pressure or there's kind of a rush and the stress of the holiday season. But before we dive into those six different kinds of customers that you find, I want to read the review of the week. And this review of the week comes from Sarah at Ivy Page Invitations. Sarah has a beautiful shop making all kinds of seasonal and wedding invitations, baby shower, bridal shower, save the date, all kinds of stuff. Really, really pretty, downloadable, editable, and then customizable. So Sarah's review is called The Best Etsy Podcast. And she says, every Monday morning, I look forward to listening to Lauren's advice. She makes learning about making my Etsy shop successful, fun, and honestly tolerable, unlike other Etsy podcasts I've attempted to listen to. It's very clear that Lauren knows what she's talking about and that she spends a lot of time and energy putting together awesome shows each week that are full of actionable information. I'm always excited to listen and hear what wisdom she can bestow each week. Thank you so much, Lauren, for helping us working moms who have tiny slivers of time to make this dream a reality week by week. Thank you so much, Sarah, for this sweet review and just your sweet encouragement to me. I love doing this podcast. It is probably one of my most favorite parts of running this business and having this coaching part of my business. And it's so nice for me to get the feedback from people that they're enjoying it, that they appreciate it, and that they're finding it helpful and actionable. So thank you so much, Sarah, for leaving that review and check her out at Ivy Page Invitations. I would also love it if you would leave a review. It helps more people to find the podcast and just to expand that community of Etsy entrepreneurs. So if you would leave an iTunes review, I would so, so greatly appreciate it. All right, so let's dive into those six types of customers that you meet on Etsy. Over the years of selling since 2012, so I'm going into my seventh holiday season now, I have noticed that there are certain kinds of customers on Etsy that reappear over and over again. And I want to make the note that these are, this is not necessarily a criticism. So some of these customers are a little bit more on the difficult side. Some of them are just waiting until the last minute or they're stressed or they're projecting their feelings onto you. I love my Etsy customers far and above. They are just the best customers on the internet. And I am eternally grateful for the customers that I have on the platform and for their support of my business because that's what has made my business 
a successful online business. So I definitely don't want you listening to think that like this is a negative view of Etsy or that I have a negative view of my customers because that's definitely not true. I am super, super grateful and I have wonderful, wonderful customers. However, there are sort of patterns that come around during the holidays and during stressful times or busy times. And so I do want you to kind of be aware of these patterns so that you can be prepared when you run into one and it doesn't stress you out. So the first of our six types of customers is Discount Debbie. Debbie is always looking for a deal. She will email you about a free shipping code. She'll email you to see if you have a sale or if you have a sale, she'll email you to see if she can get a bigger discount. She'll ask you if you have a military or teacher or firefighter or police discount. So she'll try out retail me not coupons. She'll try out retail me not coupons. She'll even find old coupon codes that you maybe used to offer or you used to have in your shop, but you don't offer anymore, and she'll try those out. She'll reuse the same coupon over and over again, and when those coupons don't work because they're expired or because you don't offer them anymore, she'll leave you a note in the notes to sellers box when she checks out that you need to apply the discount manually because it didn't work for her. Discount Debbie also sometimes masquerades as Sob Story Sarah, who wraps up her request for a discount with a a sob story about why you should provide the item for cheaper or why it's not in her budget, but she still wants it or why you should sort of take heart with her bad situation or sob story. And she's not necessarily directly asking for a discount, but she's just telling you this story, telling you how tight her budget is and how beautiful your item is and how much she wants it. Like she's kind of like laying it out there that she really can't afford it, but man, she wishes she could. Hint, hint, hint. I love a good discount as much as the next person. So I'm not always immediately annoyed by a request for a discount. However, I also don't feel any pressure to provide a discount that is above and beyond a discount that I already have in my shop if I have one going, which side note, I don't really offer discounts in general. So I rarely have them going on in my shop. But even if I were to have a sale going on for whatever reason, I don't feel any pressure to expand on that. I also don't offer coupons at this point. However, that hasn't always been the case. So there are some old coupon codes floating around on the internet or floating around in people's little inserts that I used to have in my packages um, that gave a discount code for repeat buyers or it gave a discount code if they shared it on Instagram. So I used to feel pressure when people would ask or I would feel these weird emotions when they would say that things were too expensive. So I felt like this weird mix. They're saying my products are really beautiful. I really love them, but they're too expensive. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe are they too expensive? I don't know. That makes me feel kind of bad. Now I just simply respond with the price and offer no explanation. If they are asking for a discount, I just simply say that I don't have any discounts running right now. I don't have any coupon codes available. Of course, that is going to deter the bargain shopper from purchasing from my shop, but my items are not really bargain shopping kind of items. And I'm not really going after the buyer who is just looking for a steal of a deal. 
I also do have these old coupon codes out there, and at this point, I do not honor them anymore. I used to feel a lot of pressure to because uh, I would get a lot, and I still get quite a few people who try the coupon code in their checkout. It doesn't work, and then they just leave the coupon code. You need to apply this 10% off discount. I have this coupon code. So I used to feel this pressure of, well, they got this coupon code legitimately because it used to be a legitimate coupon in my shop. And so I would go back and I would offer them or I would refund that 10%. At this point, it has been, I would say, probably at least a year since I offered my last coupon code. So I do not honor those anymore. There's no reason for me to honor an expired coupon code. And a lot of times those people are trying to use it over and over and over again. And that's why they still remember the coupon code. I actually had an experience recently where I went to Chick-fil-A And I had some gift cards that we had gotten in a package. My kids had actually won in something at school. And we got them, I would say, probably a month or so ago. And we hadn't used them yet. So I went to Chick-fil-A. I went through my whole order. And I went to use the gift card. And they told me that it was expired. And it actually expired in June. I obviously didn't realize that they were already expired. But Chick-fil-A didn't honor that expired gift card. And why should they? There is an expiration date for a reason. So while I was mildly annoyed that I wasn't going to get my free kids meal at Chick-fil-A, I also understood why they wouldn't take them and why they wouldn't honor them. I wasn't going to be really upset or anything. It was my fault for not looking at the expiration date. So the same thing applies as a seller in my shop. There's no reason that a buyer should apply a coupon code at checkout, have it not work, and then expect to have a discount later on or have a refund, a partial refund later. So at this point, when I get that message, I simply message them back and say, that coupon code is no longer valid. If you would like me to cancel the order, let me know, but there's no discounts available. I've never had anyone cancel an order after that. I do want you to keep in mind, though, that Discount Debbie can be a little pushy, but you have to remember that you are in control. This is your business, and you are in control of your sales and your business. Sob stories on the internet are not always real. And while we like to believe that people are always honest and they're not trying to scam you, that's not always true. So when somebody gives you this sob story and asks you for a donation or asks you for a huge discount or asks you for something like a military discount, they're not always honest. They're not always being honest about their circumstances, and there's no way for you to verify it. So sometimes it's true, sometimes it's not, but you have to be okay with the discount that you're offering, even if the story is not true. So if you're feeling these emotions because someone has told you the sob story, what you need to think about is, If this sob story is not true and this person is a scammer, am I still okay with selling this product at this discounted price? If the answer is yes, then by all means do it. If the answer is no, then you probably need to think about whether or not you're just feeling pressured to offer this discount or whether it's something that you're actually wanting to offer and something that you're wanting to extend to that customer. The next customer that we run into on Etsy is Whiny Whitney. 
Winey Whitney has so many questions about why you are not meeting her every single expectation, even if she hasn't even communicated her expectations to you. So she'll ask things like, why does this take so long to ship? Why is the shipping so expensive? Why is the turnaround so long? Why can't you rush this order for free? Why can't you upgrade it or customize it or change it or add something extra? Or do something in your shop that you don't even offer, but she wants you to do it anyway. Whiny Whitney is probably a big Amazon shopper, and she believes that her order should be the most paramount thing in your life. Her expectations are that hers is the only order that you need to be focused on, so why can't you just get to it right this second? Most of the time, Whiny Whitney is just misinformed about her expectations, and by explaining nicely that each item is made to order or handmade or personalized or whatever, she can understand why it takes a little bit longer to produce. However, Whiny Whitney makes it extremely important to have good policies in place. What happens if the order gets delayed by the post office? What happens if the order doesn't arrive by her party date? What happens if the order gets returned to sender because she put in the wrong shipping address? She is a customer that is going to have very high expectations of you and very high expectations that every single thing in the whole transaction is going to go exactly as expected with no issues, no delays, nothing. So while we hope always that with every transaction, everything will go perfectly and there's never gonna be any problems, it's simply not feasible to expect that you're never going to run into a snafu. So being very clear about your expectations, very or about her expectations of you, I guess, and very clear about your policies and keeping that communication open are vital to dealing with this customer. You don't want to either ignore her or to promise something that you're not going to deliver because she is expecting something from you. And if you can meet that, then great. If you cannot meet that, then she needs to know it. Our next customer, number three, is Patty Procrastinator. Oh, Patty, she is all over Etsy and probably all over life in general, if we're being honest. I get it, life is busy, and I am Patty Procrastinator quite a bit of the time, so I'm not judging her for her procrastination. But Patty waits until the very last minute to order, and then she needs the order to arrive ASAP, like yesterday. She'll message you asking if you can get it out the same day she orders or sending you a mess or she'll send you a message asking you when is the earliest that this could arrive? How fast can you get it out? How fast is the shipping? Can you overnight this to me? Patty is usually pretty nice about it since you're doing her a favor and oftentimes she'll write very sweet messages about how much you're helping her out, how much she appreciates what you're doing, and she'll apologize profusely for being so scatterbrained and waiting until the last minute to do everything. I totally get it. There is a lot going on in everyone's lives, and sometimes things just slip through the cracks and you're scrambling to get yourself together in time to get done what you need to get done. I have totally been there a million times, so I don't fault Patty for her procrastinating. However, I am only willing to do what I decide that I'm willing to do. And Patty makes it extremely important to have boundaries in your business. Without boundaries, you as the seller end up resenting customers like Patty because it's not your fault that she waited so long to order something. 
putting boundaries in place and then actually sticking to them, because I struggled with that part for a long time, allows you to say, I am so sorry, Patty, I'm not able to do that and not feel one bit of guilt about it. Or alternatively, to add a rush order upgrade listing so that you can accommodate patties without being annoyed about it, but you're not going to do it for free. Over the last few years of offering a rush order upgrade, I have made over $1,500 just solely on rush fees. Not because I don't have the profit margins built into my products already, and not because I don't have time to do rush orders for free if I wanted to, but it's because I believe that my time is valuable and I'm not willing to bend over backwards to do something for someone that is frankly an unreasonable request. Even Amazon doesn't ship things the very same day, or at least they don't in my town because we kind of live out in the boonies. Maybe in bigger cities they do. But I make monogrammed things, and there's no reason that somebody should expect that that will have same-day shipping, especially if they're not willing to pay extra for it. I have had people email me before or message me on, on Etsy and say, what is the fastest that you can get this out? Can you, or can you send it out tomorrow? And I'll say, sure, here's my rush order listing. It's available. I'll have that shipped within two business days. That's what my rush order offers. And they'll say, oh, well, I'm not going to pay extra for it. And my answer to that very, very simply, I don't actually answer them in a message like that. But in my head, my answer is, that's fine. You know, if they don't value the product enough or they don't want it enough to pay extra, then I don't want to do it enough to be stressed about this last minute order. Basically, it weeds out the people who really want it versus the people who just want you to bend over backwards, but they don't really care that much. Patty Procrastinator is alive and well at the holidays. So be on the lookout for her over the next few weeks. As an example of how she's come into my life, in 2018, I put a cutoff date for Christmas orders at December 3rd. At the time, I was still doing monogrammed Christmas shirts for kids, and they were extremely time-consuming and very stressful for me. So was December 3rd an early deadline? Sure, but I have three kids, and I have my own Christmas busyness, and my own Buddy the Elf-like love of Christmas, so I'm not really interested in dealing with Patty Procrastinators through the entire month of December, which in previous years when my deadline had been later than that, I had people literally ordering Santa Claus Christmas shirts on the 20th of December to have me overnight them to them so that they would be there by Christmas. So after I advertised that December 3rd cutoff, profusely and extended out all of my processing and shipping times and, you know, did everything I needed to do to let people know that I was not taking any more orders to ship before Christmas, I probably got at least 30 Etsy combos after December 3rd asking me to get it out by Christmas, asking if they could pay me extra, basically throwing their money at me, wanting me to do this for them. But I still didn't. And this year will be the same. I'm shutting down shop around December 5th because I am shooting to get all of my orders done and shipped by the time my kids get out of school for Christmas break so that I can take that time off to really and truly take the time off and decompress around the holidays. And I guarantee you, I will have at least 30 messages asking for a rush order. 
Now, I am not telling you not to accept those orders. There have been many years that it was worth it to me to have the extra cash flow and have my December be a bigger sales month because when I cut orders off on December 3rd or December 5th or whatever, that's not gonna be a really big sales month for me. I'm basically shutting down that revenue for that month. However, in this point in my business, it's not worth it to me. So I put those boundaries in place and I stick to them and I'm able to nicely respond that I'm not accepting any more orders to ship by Christmas, but I'd gladly do it after the holidays. Some people want to cancel their orders if they don't read before they purchase. Some people are okay with it shipping after the holidays. They don't really care. The important thing is that I'm in charge of the business. And I want to keep reminding you about this as we go through all of these customers, because people can make all kinds of unreasonable demands on you. But unless you agree to them and unless you accept their demands, they're not really able to do that. You're in control. So make sure that you feel in control of your business because for a long time with these patty procrastinators, I really didn't feel in control. I felt like the this pressure was put on me and I felt like these people had these unreasonable demands that I was just stuck meeting. And so, I mean, literally my orders would come in and I would drop everything, quit whatever I was doing with my kids or whatever, and do the order right then. And that is no way to live. This year for Christmas, I am heading south with my family for some warmth and some sunshine, and I am not going to be making Santa shirts on December 20th. The next customer that we run into often is Angry Angie, and Angie's maiden name is Procrastinator. Angie is Patty's close cousin. However, unlike Patty, who is sweet and very thankful that you're helping her out, Angie is mad at you that she waited so long and that you're not able or willing to fulfill her every wish and desire. So while I talked about boundaries with Patty Procrastinator, Angie is even more important to put those boundaries in place. Angie will write you angry messages about how disappointed she is that you're not making this happen, how she doesn't understand why it should take so long to ship, even if your turnaround is super fast. It does not matter how fast your turnaround is, she will still ask you why it takes so long to ship. She will tell you that you have ruined her holiday, that she's absolutely devastated that this didn't come in time, or how she just doesn't want to feel like a number in a long line of orders. So you can just cancel her order if you don't have time for her. Although that Angie is a little more passive aggressive, but make no mistake, she's still angry. Honestly, Angie is a tough one for me to deal with as a shop owner. The argumentative middle child in me wants to be really rude and write to her that it's not my fault that she waited so long to order. Christmas comes every December 25th, after all. However, since I am a mostly mature professional, I do not send her angry messages back, but I tread very lightly with Angie. Most of the time, my answer to an angry Angie is to encourage her or convince her not to buy or to cancel her order if she has already bought. Because I feel like her penchant for being unhappy or for being disappointed in everything that I'm doing will probably make this transaction more trouble than it's worth. I actually had a customer a few months ago who had emailed me back and forth and back and forth and asked me a hundred times, 
how fast her order was going to ship out and why it wasn't shipping out yet and when it was going to ship out and all these things. And, you know, I told her that there was a two-week turnaround time and that I had over 100 orders in front of her, but I would definitely get to hers in time, but that's why I have a two-week turnaround time. She emailed me back and she said that she doesn't want to be number 101 in line and she doesn't want to feel like she's just taking up my time and inconveniencing me by being the 101st one. However, this was after I had sent her all these messages back and forth, offering different proofs, offering different fonts, offering different colors and taking pictures of things. So what I ended up doing is just refunding her and telling her that at this point, I just don't feel like I can meet your expectations. Was she mad when I did that? Of course she was. But she was already frustrated going into it. She was already frustrated with every message and every part of the interaction completely. So I don't feel the need to have orders and customers that I'm basically walking into a minefield with. They're already upset. They're already disappointed. They're already just annoyed with the whole thing. I would rather proactively avoid the bad review because undoubtedly there will be something that she didn't like, something that went wrong. It didn't arrive in time. It was not the right shade of lilac that she wanted or whatever. There will be something that she's not happy about. So I would rather just proactively end the transaction with her. I'm sorry, I can't meet your expectations. Goodbye. Than to have to continue to have this ongoing dialogue with somebody that's frustrated. And the next customer that you run into is Indecisive Isabel. Isabel has almost no opinions about anything. Basically, she just loves your stuff. She thinks you have a great style and she wants you to make all of the decisions. I've even had people go so far as to ask me what they should call the child that they're monogramming the item for. Michael, Mike, Mikey, what should we call him? Lots of people love Isabel because they allow you the complete freedom to make something new. They let you basically have this artistic vision and carry it out. They love everything you do. And bonus, it can be a new listing for your shop once it's complete and you take some pictures of it. So if you have a really strong creative energy, you love the creation process, you're not overwhelmed with orders or you're not too busy to go through the back and forth that it requires to deal with something. somebody like Indecisive Isabel, she could be a dream customer for you. For me, Isabel makes me really nervous. I feel like the pressure is on for me to create this product of her dreams that she also like obviously has something in mind that she's wanting, but yet I have almost no guidance as to what she's actually wanting or what it's actually going to look like. I prefer someone to just tell me what they want so that I can know if I'm able to meet their expectations. And having it totally open-ended is stressful for me because I feel like it's setting me up for failure. When I get Isabels that want a custom order, I tend to ask them enough questions that they have to pin down the details. And I will say in my message for them to let me know a little bit more specifically about what they're looking for so that I can draw out some preferences from them so I have at least a starting point of what they want. If they tell me they just like whatever, then I give them a few options to choose from and I limit the options that I'm giving to them so that it forces them to narrow it down and it forces them to make some decisions. 
I am not really into the idea of a completely custom order totally from scratch with absolutely no guidance for a stranger. That's very hard for me because while they say, well, I love everything that you do, I'm I'm like, what if this is not the thing? You know, what if this is the one that you don't like? What if these are the colors that you hate and I didn't even know that you hated them? I don't even know this person. So even though they've they've liked what I've made in the past, maybe this one misses the mark or maybe I take it too far with a creative vision and so it becomes unlike my other stuff and it's not really the same style and then they don't like it anymore. Narrowing it down or forcing them to narrow it down makes the person feel like you are creating something specifically for them that's original and has them in mind as you're making it, but it also forces them to give you more guidance and not be so open-ended. And it protects you if they end up not liking it because you have the combos as proof that you did the order based on their selections. So if you say, you know, what kind of colors did you have in mind? I have lavender and I have pink and I have orange. And they say, I think I like lavender. Okay, great. Now I have this gingham fabric, I have this chevron fabric, and I have this polka dot fabric. Can you give me some guidance about what kind of patterns that you like? I think I like polka dots. Okay, great. And then you go from there where you say, you know, along the way you've had these choices And then if in the end they don't like it, you're kind of protected because they're the ones that have made the decisions. Our very last customer that you will undoubtedly run into at some point in your Etsy journey is Sally Specific. Sally is the polar opposite of Isabel. Rather than being indecisive, she is extremely decisive. She wants to pick every single last detail of the item. She'll tell you what colors she wants, oftentimes really obscure and super, super specific colors, like a specific shade of rose gold or whatever. And you know she wants the specific shade. Sometimes she'll even send you a picture of something that she wants it to match. And although it is almost impossible to match something over a computer screen because the colors vary so wildly, she wants to make sure that it's going to coordinate with this other item that she has. She'll tell you what fabric, what font, what placement of the font, where she wants every single thing, the shade of periwinkle she's looking for, the size of the letters, how she wants it spaced out, where the line breaks should be. She leaves nothing up to you. You would think that I would like Sally because the indecisiveness of Isabel makes me so nervous, but Sally makes me nervous too. She obviously has a very specific idea in her head of what she's looking for, and she has a very specific vision of what she wants it to turn out as that I feel like I am destined to fail, and there's no way that I can meet her expectation because I don't necessarily have that same vision or I don't necessarily even know what her vision exactly looks like. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I have some deep-seated personal issue that I feel like I can't meet up to, like, live up to that expectation. But I feel like she is bound to be disappointed because she has created this vision of what she wants and I am probably not going to come up with the same thing or it's going to look slightly different in real life than it does in her head. Typically, I respond to Sally with a lot of disclaimers. Colors can vary based on your screen calibration. I can't match the patterns exactly, etc. 
I also tend to proceed very cautiously with these types of orders. I'm more likely to send proofs for her to approve before I get started. I'm more likely to check with her about every single detail and have her confirm everything I'm doing along the way. Sally isn't necessarily a bad customer, and I've had plenty of good experiences with Sally's. Sometimes they come up with these incredibly creative and beautiful ideas that I can turn into listings in my shop, which is beneficial to the both of us. Because they have such a clear vision of what they're wanting, if they're able to communicate that vision clearly, then it can be kind of easy for me to create and feel confident about the finished product. They know exactly what they want, so if they are able to communicate that and I'm able to know exactly what they want, then I just follow those steps and that's the finished product. Oftentimes, Sally is coming to your shop because she already loves your work, and so she has confidence that you will be able to create her vision. She's just somebody that you need to have very good communication with in order to be sure that you're both imagining the same final product. So those are my six high-maintenance Etsy customers that I have found across the board and over many years of selling. However, I do also want to add that probably 90% of my customers fall into none of these categories. For the most part, I have these wonderful, amazing, grateful, sweet customers who purchase the item without asking a hundred questions. They understand the turnaround times. They understand that I'm a mom and that this is an Etsy shop. It's not Amazon. It's not Walmart. Like I'm not mass producing these things. They're handmade and that's why they're ordering them because they're special and because they're unique. And so they're more laid back about the process and more laid back about the times. I truly love working with almost all Etsy customers. They appreciate the uniqueness and the handmadeness, and they're wanting something that's not just from a big box store. And so they understand that most of us are small businesses. A lot of us are stay-at-home moms or side hustle business owners, and we're doing everything ourselves. We don't have this whole team of employees that are just hammering out these orders as they come in. Aside from Angry Angie, I don't even avoid any of these customer groups, although I don't necessarily cave to their demands unless I'm okay with what they're asking, but it's not like I shut them down and say, I don't want to deal with you. I'm not taking your order. However, by recognizing these patterns of behaviors with customers, it has allowed me to make sure that I'm protecting myself from future issues with orders or policy issues or shipping issues or just making sure that I'm clarifying the expectations on both sides so that both the customer and I will have a good experience with this transaction and we can both feel good about the end result. I hope this episode has been helpful for you and that you encounter the happiest, jolliest, most gracious group of customers throughout your holiday season. If you'd like to connect with other Etsy entrepreneurs for more support, or maybe you've run into an issue with a customer and you're not sure how to proceed, head on over to the free Facebook group, creativemomboss.com forward slash Facebook. It will bring you right to the group. And you can get some advice, get some feedback from about 1,400 other Etsy sellers on there who are the nicest group of Etsy entrepreneurs on all of the internet. That's all for today. I will see you back here next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now. Bye.